technical search engine optimization is the invite to the party, you know, and content is how successful the party is. This is the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today on the show, we have Jeff Coyle. He is the co-founder and chief strategy officer at MarketMuse. And Jeff is an expert in all things content in SEO, um, and then how those two merge together. And you know, in this in this episode, we're talking with Jeff really about how to cut through the noise with SEO. So you're sitting there thinking, I need to improve the search on my site. I need to improve the rankings. What should I focus on in 2022? What key factors should I think about? And, you know, Jeff has been working in SEO and ads and and content for the last 20 years, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, custom coded websites and updating there to uh, trying to get your search ranking in Alta Vista. For those of you who remember, remember that browser. So enjoy the show. Jeff has a lot of information, a lot of knowledge to, to bring. And, you know, if you've been thinking about SEO or have questions, this is a great episode for you. And uh, enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, Jeff, uh, welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. It is great to have you. Oh, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, and and you know, based on our some of our previous conversations and and just kind of like reviewing some of the things that you've you know some of the content online, it seems like SEO is one of your one of your strong suits. One of the things you have a you know strong skill set in is that yeah, does that seem been, accurate? It's been now twenty two and a half years that I've been uh, focused on content strategy, lead generation, you know, uh, conversion rate optimization, you know, building products, uh, as well as you know. Being a practitioner uh, for organic search, SEO, yeah. also paid, uh, A-B multivariate yeah. testing, <laughs> you, you name it. If it involves traffic going to a website and then doing something with it, I've probably done it. <laughs> you've had some experience with that. So, you, so you've been doing SEO for a while. So you were doing uh, like uh, like HTML edits to add uh, H1 tags. You're doing all that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been you know trying to figure out how to submit URLs to Alta Vista um, to get them refreshed <laughs> into the top of the list. You know, uh, and, and so, you know, so so everything from that to you know send in spreadsheets to AdWords before they had an interface. You know, uh, I've been focused on this, and you know, oddly enough, I've been focused on content quality uh, for about that long, you know, I, I, I got religion on that in, you know, the early 2000s. Um, and now that, you know, is certainly what's in vogue. Um, but yeah, I was standing on top of that mountain by myself very early on and saying, <laughs> you know, that if people land on these pages, you're gonna want them to like trust your business and trust the peer publisher <laughs> that they're coming to. Um, and, and now that is, you know, the hot commodity. <laughs> yeah. So let, actually, let me ask you this question. So you've been doing both of these for for a long time. What are what in your mind are some of like the the biggest changes in SEO for the better? Oh gosh, um, for the better, uh, there are yeah. uh, the, the the search engine technology, um, the 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 actual infrastructure. And how the search engines work, um, you know, primarily, you know, Google and, and Bing have gotten so much more appropriately tuned uh, for businesses. 
Um, so their ability to return relevant results and provide a great experience is, is dramatically better. Um, their focus on content quality over the past, you know, gosh, now eight to 10 years uh, where that's really been a clear focus and you can see the improvement happen over time. I mean, that for that is so for the better. It's better for searchers. Um, it's better for, uh, you know, business businesses to be able to get their message out there and tell the story of their expertise. You know, you know, is there always a shake hands there? Um, no, there, you know, businesses don't aren't tuned to get all their expertise on their website. Um, so quite frequently, that takes time. Uh, but for publishers, uh, for businesses that understand what it means to tell the story of expertise and to be there uh, throughout their prospect or customer journey, um, those companies are winning more. Um, and for me, yeah. that's a great thing uh, because I think about it, you know, as a user, as a searcher, and as a business. Um, it's a lot more um, appropriate. Uh, there's a lot less um, desire to or expectation that there's going to be um some quick win you know or some yeah. you know trick yeah um uh, because <laughs> their infrastructure is so significant i, I always like to quote um there's a google uh, uh, research scientist who's brentman it'll come to me his name but he always said uh, uh cheating is time correlative so what that means basically is if you cheat you may win in the short run uh but we will catch you over time um, and he said that in like 2007 or uh, between seven and 11. Uh, and he was part of, you know, Google's anti-spam team um, and uh, and some some uh, research uh, part of the, the search team. And I always put that into my brain and said, you know, anytime someone says they've done large scale testing and this wacky technique works or, or they're trying to <laughs> preach something that just doesn't look right is the right way to go. Um, I just always think about that. I just think, yeah. you know, <sighs> cheating is time correlative. <laughs> and that's really, you know, <laughs> it's going to catch you in the end. And, and would I want to put that page, would I want to associate that page to my business? What if someone lands there? What's their experience going to yeah. be? Um, and, and all of those things go into it. And, and I find that when you speak with reasonable people um, who really, really care about their brand, um, they tend to easily and quickly flush um, all of that garbage out and think about, wow, yeah, I, I, when someone gets there, I want them to think really great things about my business. And that's, that's stuff that's being professed as being the way to win isn't good for my business. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really should be, is this content on my page helping my customer, my end user, is it helping them or like, is this, is this this fluff that's gonna, that I'm just trying to get, uh, get clicks to. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's about information gain. You want them to be, to have not had this piece of information that you're providing. They get there and you've added value to their life. Um, in yeah. some way, um, it may be a yeah. small tidbit. It may be something really significant to them. Um, but they were looking to find something and you, try to what we call an intent match or a value match. You try to provide a value match. Um, and then if you go over and above that with your content, you know, kudos to you. You might've just gained a customer. You might've just gained trust. 
um, they might forward that to some friends, you know, and you gain virality. So there's so many good things that can come when you provide information gain with content. You know, you can drag someone across the customer journey um, and, you know, no matter where they started, um, or you may get some other benefits that are uh, either easily quantifiable or not so easy to quantify. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you, you know, when asking about what you've learned or like what's changed in SEO, you kind of answered it with content. And so what, like, can something we kind of like, we joke around with is you can't spell SEO without content. Um, and it, like, how, talk to me, like, how are those two married together? And is, is that a, is that a, is that a marriage that's forever? Like, is that, is that how you now do SEO is through high quality value-based content? Well, it's, it's, it, there's, you know, you didn't ask about the negatives of the SEO, but yeah, the, the good, <laughs> the good part is that, you know, is, is that always married? Um, it's always part of it, right? So the, the other good things that have happened, um, that I kind of didn't mention, but that would answer your question really well is there's been a focus on technical search engine optimization. Um, so having a great user experience along the way, not doing things that are invasive or, or, um, uh, meant to trick a user. My background's in usability theory. I went to Georgia Tech for computer science, and my specialization was search en- was usability, and I worked on search engines, uh, building early mm-hmm. ones, in, in, intranet stuff, text search, yeah. um, and also usability, user interface software. So um, I, have, I worked heavily in uh, things like um, the user interfaces for, for disabilities and things like that. And uh, so, the, the, you know, is content and our content and search always correlative? Yeah, but more things are correlative to SEO. Um, so you've got technical search engine optimization being focused on. That's great for usability. And then you've got you know content. When the person lands there, is the content providing value? Is this high quality content? Um, those that's going to be connected. Um, so what I always what I'm always usually saying is that technical search engine optimization is the invite to the party, you know, and content is how successful the party is. Um, And then you'll ask, you know, like, what about off page factors and links and other correlations to value? Um, Those are still extremely important, too. Um, And it's how will the search engines evaluate quality, site structure and usability to potentially be more influential and more important over time? Um, That's really the journey that we're all going to be on in SEO is. evaluating links more effectively so that they are more of a a true representation of what's important, um, making sure that it follows through with content quality and provides a great user experience. Um, And then their other whole thing is, you know, interpreting queries, uh, but we can leave that for another day. As a person who owns owns the site, um, those are the three things you have a lot of control over. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's go to, you know, Let's go to what people can do in 2022. Mm-hmm. It's still weird to say that. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I keep I keep saying like 2021, 22. I don't know. I know. But so so in the new year, mm-hmm. what are maybe like your your like your your five do's and don'ts or like things people should be focusing on versus what um, you know because you go on HubSpot's blog, Backlinko, SEM Rush, and like it's like there's like fifty thousand things you should be doing from an SEO perspective, but. <laughs> But I think I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of noise of what people should be doing. 
Um, and so if you're a mar- if you, you know you're a marketing director out there and you only have so much time or money to spend at SEO, like what are the high level things people should be doing and things people should just forget about and move on to something more effective? Um, the first thing uh, that I would really, really focus on is making sure your mirror is clear um, and as far as everything you've done up to now. Um, so that's, you know, it's not like going out and buying an expensive content audit, right? I mean, that that's a lot of people, that's what they go to. It's like, I got I must need mm-hmm. an expensive content audit um, or something like that. But it's really a, yeah. understanding what you accomplished maybe this year plus last year, um, maybe as if you can go back and look at everything and try to evaluate how much of that content or how many of those SEO related motions, if they were, if it was maybe updates to content, if it was a project that I executed were successful, right? So, I mean, it sounds kind of basic, yeah. but it's that efficiency <laughs> really matters. So if I published 240 articles last year, I averaged 20 a month. How much of those, how many of those items were successful? And can I clearly define what that means, right? A lot of teams, they don't even know if their inputs are leading to outcomes. They can say, I published 240 articles. They can't tell the story about how that contributed to their wins, right? Um, The second piece would be, and by the way, uh, average team, 10% efficient, which is totally scary because then you ask them, how much does (laughs) content cost? And they're like, "Uh, I don't know, like 500 bucks a piece or in some cases, scarily enough, they say like $100 and you're like, oh, first of all, no, no, no. Uh, really, really do the work on everyone that touched that thing. And and it's far more than $100 yeah. to write anything. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're the person you got off of Fiverr to write that might have charged you $100, but it took a lot more to get that thing live. But anyway, um, so then you, let's say they say $500 and they're operating at 10% efficiency. Okay. Then you ask them, well, how much does it cost to get an effective page of content on your site? And they say $5,000 and then their head explodes. Um, so so you got the first thing you got to do is get to know what your hit, what your, um, your, your batting average is right now. All right. And average about average is about 10 to 15%, sadly for, um, you know, mid market to small enterprise or publishers. Mm-hmm. And that's a frightening reality of the world. Um, um, one, th- the other thing is, you know, really think about where you're getting, um, your information from, um, and is the, uh, I always like to think when you're, when you're talking about a, um, you know, sites, you mentioned a few where it's a, um, it's a pot of gold that feeds itself, right? So when one speaks <laughs> about a concept a lot, and that's how one makes their money, it propagates and builds a snowball, right? Um, but is that going to be directly relevant to your business? Is that information, uh, is the way that that authority is gained correlated to anything you might be able to have, right? So a having a small content footprint yeah. and a dramatic off-page authority dynamic, right? Are you going to be able to get to that, right? Because that's what those, that's what those examples are. And most businesses will never, ever, ever have that profile of a business. They'll have never have that profile of off-page. And I might be speaking a little esoterically, but basically, <laughs> if you don't have a juggernaut of power, if you're not selling info products, right? If you don't have a massively yeah. available, 
huge total addressable market free product, right? Like what was it? The page grader, right? The honey pot, the honey pot. If you don't have a business that solely relies on buying info products in the form of a training service, right? So it propagates itself. If you don't have this massive flywheel or this massive product-led growth opportunity, you can't emulate what those two examples are doing. And so yeah. my, my, my tip is both figure out who you're watching. That's what you should do. Figure out who you're listening to. Make sure you're doing real cohorting when you're doing your analysis. So know who you are. Know within. This is like a, this is like a psychiatry appointment, right? Know, <laughs> self-aware, self-awareness right, is number one. Number two is competitive cohort awareness, right? So you know what's real in your yeah. space, what you can accomplish. You overnight will not become HubSpot. So, third, you know, as part of that is know your true cohort. And then the third is don't copy your idols. If you idolize those folks, good for you, okay? You know, <laughs> but you will not be able to copy them. And when they profess a trick that can work, it might work as often as something that's not a trick, right? Go figure that out. The stuff you hear about, these success stories, how many success stories are there versus failure stories? You only hear about the success stories, right? So when you're watching um, a community, right, and the community has uh, 6,000 people in it, and you've seen like 10 success story posts, okay? Just put it in your brain. Okay, well, out of 3,000, there's been 10 amazing success stories. And when you go research them and you look at them, maybe it doesn't look all that good. It kind of looks like crap. It looks like they were gaming the system. It looks like they were tricking some. I don't want to do that for my business. And how how much longevity will those case studies have? Okay, so first one, look within, self-awareness. Two, be realistic with your cohort. Don't try to emulate. And then the third is don't try to emulate your idols. Be realistic as to do you truly expect to hit the lottery with this wacky technique that makes no sense in reality, right? <laughs> um, okay, so, oh, yes, if I go out and I create this one page that gets, oh, my God, tons of links, then it's going to run my business for me. No, it's not. It's not even close to the reality. And by, by the way, to do competitive analysis, to do keyword difficulty analysis and not have personalized that information to like to say this is a easy keyword. Okay, well, it might be easy for you. It might be easy for everyone. Okay, if I go write an article on the brand new iPhone and I throw it up on alexblog.com, you're not going to do well with that. (laughs) You throw that same beautiful article on CNET, right? It's going to dominate. Why? The answer is not just links, folks. It's not just links. It's you've provided the history and of writing beautiful articles. You've written about phones. You've written about technology. You've written great reviews. You've written beautiful content that has that historical authority on the topic site section level. So you have you deserve that ownership. Let's say you go write that beautiful iPhone 14 article. <laughs> you know how many links you're going to have to chase with outreach? To actually put yeah. a point on the board? I mean, and, and to, to believe that that's a, tech, a tried and true technique. So guys, don't do it. Just don't don't believe everything that you hear. 
look and then number four um, on what you should do is think about quality. Okay, quality is job number one. I think that's an auto part dealership. Uh, I, I think it's a, um, a Napa Auto Parts or something like that. Or Quaker, yeah. Quaker State. Quality is job number one. Quality is your job number one. Quality is everything. Okay, we just had a product review update by Google. Okay, what did it say, basically? If you're doing product reviews and you didn't actually review the products, we're going to catch you. We're going to catch you. I said it on the top end of this. Cheating is time correlative, right? Yeah. You got away with yeah. it for a while. You made a lot of money from Amazon FBA for clicks, but we caught you. Those stock images don't tell the story that you actually use the product. Okay, um, you're, you know, that that it's all going to catch up. You can't build a business around that unless you want to. If you're willing to eat and die, eat and die, eat and die, fine, eat and die. Go ahead. I don't yeah. want that. I don't want that in my life. Um, you might. Good for you. You run faster than me. You probably stay out later than me. You probably <laughs> drink a lot more than yeah. I do. And uh, that's saying something. But no, uh, no basically, the, um, you, the, um, the way that you can, um, you know, stay longevity is the key, right? And, you know, there's a few people in this space that have had more longevity than me, but I'd like to say not too many. Um, and, 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 and so if you see someone on Facebook, right, and they're giving you some advice, Think about what would happen if the site they're talking about died tomorrow? What would they do? All right. Yeah. That's the way I like to think about it. And what would they do? Oftentimes build a new site. Okay. Well, I don't know how much I trust them. Right. If, yeah. if their site died tomorrow, oh gosh, it would be a devastating loss because it's the <laughs> brand, the brand that they care about. I see so much a B2B technology brand, right? A B2B technology brand worth a billion dollars who internally is doing stuff that is being taught by someone who is an affiliate hawk, as I'd say, right? And if the, if, if, if SHIT hits the fan for them, they just, they're a billion dollar B2B technology company. And I'm like, yo, don't do that anymore. It's a super bad idea. And they're like, why? This person's <laughs> it's like- It's working. This yeah. person's awesome. It's working. We're, we gained 71% this year, all right? And I'm like, yes, yes, you did. You did. I mean, I, I'm not lying, right? Like, I mean, people, because yeah. it's like, oh, it's all about, oh, we tested this. We did this massive test plan. No, you didn't. Your test plans were biased. I'm, I know what a <laughs> biased test plan is, right? Plus you, your risk of ruin as a hawk is zero. Their risk of ruin is the livelihood of 1,000 employees. Yeah. yeah. All right. That, it, it doesn't even come close. And that's where, okay, so think about who you are, right? Okay, if you're sitting here thinking, if you die, you're just buying a site. Okay, go nuts if you want that, right? I like longevity. Um, the last thing I'll mention is same thing goes for natural language generation. I built a platform. I'm both the drug dealer and <laughs> the cop all right, on this, right? I built a platform <laughs> that is a competitor of OpenAI. Yes, good idea, Jeff. You're competing with Elon Musk. Right. Good idea. Right. He's he's on open AI. Um, and so, like, guess who's winning right now? That that guy is um, open AI is certainly. Um, but it's not a trick. It's not a thing where you put a, a, a dollar in and you get a million out. Right. It's really hard work to use artificial intelligence in your business to actually yeah. integrate it and have it have a good outcome. The the th the trend you're going to see in 2022 is people thinking 
that content's going to appear out of thin air. And it's going to be easy to integrate that into a, a real website. Um, and it's going to immediately have this huge outsized return on investment. If it's, you are going to have to massage that. Use generation as inspiration. That's my quote. Yeah. You can take that and quote it. Use generation as inspiration <laughs> because that's all it is. If you treat it any other way, you got to treat that like, treat generation like it's a outsourced writer you've never met. Right, you've got to really yeah. be particular about it. Clean it up, because what happens if somebody goes to your website and they read a paragraph, and it reads like um, a person who has not slept in three days, <laughs> and <laughs> and says something completely outlandish, right? That's yeah. okay. The other thing, I, and I, I always like to also say is, um, write it like your CEO is going to read it. Um, so if you work for a business, if your CEO read this thing and it said, there's many great opportunities when you're visiting Atlanta to have fun. I can't imagine of a better place than Atlanta to have fun on a weekend trip. Um, weekend trips are great because you get two days off and then you have to go back to the work the next day. Um, when you go back to work, you get five days of not working. And then again, if you want to go to Atlanta, you might go to the aquarium. Okay, that's that's the kind of stuff. You know why? Because it sounds like a human wrote it, but it doesn't sound yeah. like a a, per, yeah, well. a person in their right mind wrote it. Um, so the difference, <laughs> you know, the Turing test can be passed, but um, what Turing forgot is that the person uh, to pass the Turing test can still be slightly nuts and not know what they're talking about. Yeah, make sure the content yeah. knows what it's talking about. You're gonna have to edit the crap out of that stuff, right? And if you're and you really really need to have a higher bar. Um, just because it's optimized, well, just because it ranks okay in organic search for a little bit, again, cheating is time correlative. Think yep. about it. Think about what it's going to do. Do you want to throw out a lot of uh, bullets that, that are that are cleaned up to get B pluses and the stuff that does well, turn them into A's? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But don't throw out D's. Don't throw yeah. out D's. You throw put if you start putting D's online, it has an unbelievably negative yeah. impact on your business. Um, if you put a bunch of low quality content on your site to see what works, all right, and some of it does, and then you tweak that, right? Yeah, I'll be there when you <laughs> six months down the road when you're crying. You can call me. I'll give you my cell number, or you can just email me, Jeff at marketmuse.com, and we'll fix it. And it will not be fun um, because I've seen it happen. And you know what? The, the tough part about it, think about that number two or number three. People will show you that. Oh, I, I'm crushing it. I doubled my traffic. I'm, this is amazing. I launched 130,000 articles on my website. It's, it's, like, it's, it's magic. Right? Okay. Um, come, come see me because I've been through it. Not me doing it. I've been through it. Every stage of SEO history. You had the the um, the the bulk uh, blog spammers. You had the uh, remember the the uh, people would publish uh, hundreds of millions of fake PDFs. You ever click on a thing? You're <laughs> yeah. looking for a book. Yeah. It's not actually the book. It's like, yeah. Something's wrong. Okay. Then you had that. You had the uh, link spammers. You had PBNs, uh, public uh, uh, private yep. blog networks. Yep. Right. Every stage that that's happened. This is just another version of that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just way more awesome. And 
If you do it right, <laughs> generation can be the most important thing for your business. If you if you do it wrong, it will be a sob story later. So it's it's about your risk tolerance and really think critically. What do you really want to accomplish? Um, and really uh, treat generation like that. So yeah. net, net net quality content um, and don't cut any quarters. Um, think of any time savings and efficiency gain as something that you really, really need to be confident um, in its outcomes uh, to get their outputs as well as outcomes in the short run. Um, don't think it's just going to be a quick trick, um, but it can change your life. It's changed a lot of my clients' life, um, a, artificial intelligence in 2021. Um, and, you know, I've got teams that used to be able to put six articles out a, a month um, and their hit rates was about one out of 10. Uh, now they're punching with the same resources, 25 articles a month and batting 40 to 50%. Just think about yeah. what that does. And all content, they'd be comfortable with their CEO reading. <laughs> and that's the key. <laughs> that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was, so a, how that many, was such a long story. No. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's really like the, um, you know, for me, the stuff I'm most passionate about is making yeah. sure that no one hurts their business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, like you said, the, the, the risk of a, of an affiliate hawk is minimal. <laughs> They're going to set up a new site and just keep going. Keep going. Uh, yeah, but yeah. for, for bigger companies that, that are getting into this, there could be huge consequences for that. Oh, um, I know. So you keep, you've thrown out, you've thrown out some numbers of, of content per, you know, articles, content per month, per year. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, um, is there like, is there a sweet spot? Is there a number that you say, put out 20 a month, put out five a month or like, you know, put out five quality or 20, 30, 40, 50. Like what is your, what do you well, see as like a, like a, a good number for people? I'll give you, I'll give you the, the, so, you know, they always call it SEO diapers. It depends, right? Yeah. So the answer is depends, <laughs> but I always give a reason. I, t- I, t- I yeah. say that I say the reason why, but the reason why there is a process and it was, I think it was number two in my, in my list. Um, that I reference competitive cohort profiling, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's it depends because you've got to know how much content needs to be created or updated uh, in order to tell the story of expertise for that concept. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if anyone says you should create one long page for every topic, they're not right. It's just not realistic, right? <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's so out, outrageous um, that people are still, there's so much noise about what cannibalization is, how it works. It, it's completely hilarious. Um, you need to cover the topic in as much as you need to, to mm-hmm. tell the story you're an expert and appeal to multiple personas. So what if you write the most basic guide to a concept, right? And... What if an expert comes to your site? Isn't that off-putting? Don't you want them to receive the advanced person's guide to the same topic? Yeah. Makes sense, right? So if you are somebody who believes in cannibalization, what do you do? Do you just give up? No. (laughs) You need to write a great thing for every persona you're targeting. What if you're writing a general guide to CRM, right? Um, Don't you want to write – what if the person runs a brewery? For example, wouldn't you want the person to land on that basic or land on a page that maybe shows them 
how a basic guide for brewery CRMs. Does that mean that, yep. the, the, does that mean that you're telling me if I'm the brewery owner and I'm looking for brewery, I have to type in brewery CRM? What if I just said basic guide to CRM? What yeah. do, I have to be a smarter searcher? No. You have to build the content that's going to tell the story that you understand the user, you understand all their desires, um, and you're going to point them to those things naturally. Okay, so I say that. That's your coverage. That's about you. But about the competitive cohort, that's going to guide you as well. I'll give you an example. Everybody likes examples. If I have a brand new site, <laughs> um, how do I know how much content to invest in? One of the ways you can do that, first of all, you got to know what do you want to cover. So pull all the goo out of your head, all the things you know that's special, nobody knows. Profile the buyer journey, profile all the personas you want to target, build a big map. Content mapping, look up, what is content mapping? Um, you might see me talking about it. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I, 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 you know uh, but also you got to look at competitive cohorting. What does that mean? I want to look at what do other people do, right? Not exactly how much they write and what they, but if somebody has success in this space, what has their trajectory been? How have mm -hmm. they covered that? How much content do they create? Do they have a regular update cadence? How long did it take them to get there? What has been their link velocity? So how many links have they acquired over what time to what types of pages, right? So if I can profile that, let's say in my niche, um, I look at 17 sites and do a, a profile of them. And I look at direct competitors that are just like me, maybe the aggregator publishers, maybe aggregator product sales. And I'm doing maybe I'm trying to get affiliate revenue. Let's just say I've got publishers who talk about this. I've got well, I go through and I say, on average, uh, in order to make a dent in baby strollers, right, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, to get to about two to 5,000 uh, monthly organic search uh, clicks, I'm going to have to write about 135 articles on these topics and have this type of link velocity, right? Roughly. I mean, this is not mm -hmm. rocket science. That's going to guide my initial investment desires. Right. And I can go and say, all right, I'm not tuning exactly what to do. I'm not saying I'm going to copy these things. I'm just saying generally to just put my yeah, finger in the is... air and say, OK, well, what happens if I'm in a space where HubSpot's in it? Marketo, HubSpot, uh, IAC, dot dash, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and that's all there is. Right. Then my answer to that question might be and I got a new site. Then the answer to that question might be. <laughs> 2,000, 5,000 yeah. a month? I might yeah, actually yeah. be, I might actually be, and, and that's not facetious there, right? You may not be able to write a niche site about that topic either and, and, and get involved in that. Like, um, would you want to start a site from scratch about CRM today? Okay. If you did that cohort analysis, you'd be looking at the answer would be that yeah. you would have to, you have to write a, the site will not begin gaining traction until I mean I'm I'm gonna take a wild stab four or five thousand I used to <laughs> uh, I used to manage the site it was number one for CRM it is no longer um, long long ago galaxy far far away it seems like these days but um, <laughs> you watch the progression of that word over time it's a really cool one I, I keep track of it I use it as an example all the time um, and uh, and really really competitive cohort is going to tell that story um, so just be realistic understand that dynamic. Um, if you have existing authority, lean into it, 
um, prioritization. Um, just say aspirational models to yourself. Say, okay, well, if I knew that every article I wrote was going to win, how much would I write? Yeah. That's the hard part, right? Yeah. Your, yeah. Uh, your bias is in your inefficiency today. If you were hitting 100%, you'd write until you couldn't write anymore. <laughs> you'd stay up all night. Yeah. You're biased because you have a lack of confidence, right? Well, get to the point where you know your efficiency and set your watch to that and base your investment there. I always tell people, like, I have companies that I work with that now bat, you know, 40, 50%, like I'm telling you about, they yeah. can't write enough. They just, it's yeah. like, they're, they're constrained by being able to hire good people, right? They, yeah. they wish they could write, you know, as much as humanly possible. And sometimes they yeah. look back and they're like, you know, and so that's really what's going to guide is you're, once you yeah. get comfortable with your efficiency, but the realistic thing is if you are, if you are positive ROI already, yeah. You should not limit your content budget. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's really limited on this on this like cohort research of what are what are other success metrics of some of your competitors right. and where are you starting from? Mm -hmm. You know, are you starting from zero? Then you really need to ex escalate. If you have a little bit of authority, lean into it. Mm -hmm. Um and and then really push, you know. Your your internal efficiency. I mean, so you're you're saying as much as you possibly can that still makes sense. Business sense, and then you know, updating yeah. content isn't very important. If you are a business, with, yeah. If you have a footprint of over you know a hundred pages, you most likely need a recurring content yeah. update cadence. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of reasons why this is worth the price of admission for the podcast for the webinar. Right? Um, is um, your pages are going to give you information um, because of the way that language works. You're going to get a page that ranks well for its target if you're efficient. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have um, stuff that it's, it's doing okay for, but it's not on the nose for intent. Right. So yeah. you wrote an article about, um, you know, what is a content brief, right? And it's ranking number one for content brief, right? Well, Maybe it ranks page two for um, content brief templates because it doesn't. And then you, you land on that page and it doesn't have any templates. Okay? Yeah, that's an, <laughs> yeah. that's an intent yeah. mismatch. OK, so if you are listening to the B2B growth marketer podcast, you should know the answer to this question. What should you do? Go make a page that has templates <laughs> on it. Right. Okay. So that's. That, so had you not written that first piece, you wouldn't have gotten the information that told you to write the second piece unless you did a yeah. bunch of research on the top end. So yeah. data about um, what your pages are about today and what they're not about today should always be at your disposal because what it's going to do is if you didn't plan perfectly on the front end, it's going to find your opportunities. And it's not just that too. Your competitors can also uh, surface opportunities. Um, your growth and shrink, uh, can service opportunities. Your intent mismatch can service opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, so for example, if you've grabbed your entire competitor's keyword list and you overlaid it against your site, what would it tell you? What do you have and what do you not? 
It's not a it's not a ranking gap analysis. It's a inventory gap analysis. This mm-hmm. is where, frankly, the SEOs brains break. They they they're so <laughs> they're so rank focused, right? Well, I want to I want you to be a taxonomist for a while. I want you to be a librarian for a while. Yeah. Overlay their content against your con- overlay their content against your content. Overlay their rankings against your content. That's when you're going to start to learn. Um, I, you know, a couple of expressions I use a lot is a lot of people are a bunch of teeth with no jaw. That's what used to be called as long tailing, right? You just write a bunch of like really specific things, but you didn't weave it together properly, right? And a lot of people, they get told to just go write a long form guide and they have, so they're just a jaw with no teeth. I want you to have both. Yeah. Right. And so figure out where you're missing teeth. And what the cool thing about it is when you fix that, it's not easy to do direct correlation of outcome, but everything starts to rise. So like I like to imagine my analogy is every concept is a blob, right? And as you write on it, you add to that blob, you start, the whole blob moves as a mass. Yeah. And it goes up and, and it, what it does is it frees up opportunities so that the yeah. next article you write about a semantically related concept does better. So you can, that's why the, the, the SEOs that tell you how to, um, during an audit, they say, delete all your content that gets no traffic. They're not thinking in that blob mentality. What if it's a beautiful page? It's just, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's supporting that blob. It's a, it is, you got to keep that. It, so every page yeah. has, has a lot of influence in its, um, in its contribution to the entire buyer journey. Um, it's not all about clicks and traffic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff, this has been awesome. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're getting close on time cool. here. I try to keep these, uh, somewhat digestible and this has been, this is, I mean, we, we covered more topics than I, than I would have thought it. And like in depth, like this is great. Like I think, uh, <laughs> I feel like we, we maybe should just split this up into smaller, smaller segments. Cause this is, this is gold. So anybody listening, you know, if you're a content strategist or a marketing manager or director or even even VP of marketing or like, you know, CMO, I mean, this stuff is, you know, stuff that you should be focusing on and, and really evaluating. I don't think enough companies do, uh, you know, content analysis and, and keyword analysis based on the competitors and their own and their own sites. And that's something we do a lot of as well. And people... Uh, I mean, just you said going back to old content, we have a couple clients that, uh, we just, we just signed on and they have, they have like 150 blogs, mm-hmm. um, and they changed their business model six months ago. And so all of that content is great, mm-hmm. but focused on the wrong person, focused on the wrong objective. And so that yeah. is, uh, that is, I think also a good lesson people should have is just oh. cause you write it doesn't mean it's, uh, doesn't mean it's over. And there's ta- and there's strategies for every yeah. weird situation. So reach out. Yeah. Ask the community. Yeah. Um, in your in yeah. that case, there's a te- there's a, a te- technique called bridging. So mm-hmm. imagine seven six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? If you're really <laughs> smart about A and you're really smart about C, right? Sometimes you have to write a bunch of stuff about B. It's not just about connecting A to C in order for yeah. it to make sense. So just because it's walkie talkies. And at the beat, and you're and you want to be about the beach, right? You, so you got stuff about the beach. You don't just write about the best walkie talkies for the beach. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to write about you know 
<laughs> communications tactics. Sometimes you got to write about yeah. travel and you got to get there. Yeah. You can't just get yeah. there with one page. I actually saw this. Yeah. Um, there was a um, software development firm and they're writing about all the tactics they had software development. And then they decided to get into medical, right? Medical stuff. <laughs> and so they started writing about software <laughs> development trends that connect to medical. And then they started writing about medical stuff. And I'm like, those two things are not connected. <laughs> you you know, it's not going to happen overnight for you. Um, yeah. So you have 90% yeah. of your stuff's about scrums and, and things. And yeah. then you all of a sudden think that you're going to rank well for electronic health records. It's <laughs> not going to happen for you. You're going to have to write a lot of content. So those are the types of situations. Yeah. Like you said, the business model changed. So it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to build. Yeah. And, and the answer isn't delete everything. The answer isn't change yeah. everything. Yeah. The answer is you're going to have to like, do a lot of planning, like bake that into your costs. But uh, I digress. It's a fun, yeah. fun yeah. world. Content, stra <laughs> content strategy is fun when people have a culture yeah. of content. They believe it can work. And that's all yeah. you, you can do uh, if you're in, yeah. you know, thinking about this from a B2B perspective. So where can people find you? Oh, gosh. Uh, Twitter, uh, Jeffrey underscore Coyle. Uh, please reach out. DM. I answer everything. Um, even... Spam. I respond to it and say, not a fit at this time. <laughs> not a fit at this time. Shoot me a LinkedIn, uh, Jeff at marketmuse.com. I have a great Slack community called the um, Content Strategy Collective. Uh, if you'd like an yeah. invite, if you'd like an invite, uh, I'll uh, shoot you a link or ping me on that. Um, and yeah, that's. Can I get an invite? I can get, <laughs> can I get an invite on that. An invite. There's about <laughs> 1,600 content strategists and SEOs in there. Yeah. Um, so I, I love will. That. I will make that happen as soon as possible. Hop in there. It's really fun. We do some AMAs in there. It's That's cool. Great. Yeah. All right. That's, Thank you so much. Uh, it's a great resource. And if uh, if you're willing to share an invite to that on the I can put it on the um we will. on the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll put I'll put links to all your social accounts. All right. Um, just so you guys can get in touch with him. But Jeff, this has been amazing. All we'll right. Have to maybe pleasure. do like part two. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Thanks. That's our show. I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, it was, this was a little bit longer of an episode than we normally have, but Jeff brought a lot of great information about, about SEO, some things you should be focusing on, you know, if you, you know, the importance of content and the importance of re-engaging and re-updating your content. And so a lot of good information here. If you have some questions, our show notes are, you know, have some links to to Jeff on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on to Market Muse, his uh, you know the company he he co-founded and is the chief strategy officer, uh, and check back for more episodes. We have a lot of great content, all the way from uh, you know from how to run sales in a hybrid hybrid in a remote way, how to you know really improve your time management as a marketer and sales professional. It's so a lot of great content coming in this year, and we really appreciate your support. Thanks. <laughs>